the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yesterday, we began a look at doubt and how we deal with it. Today, we'll continue on that theme. Join us. Whether it's believing that we can do what God says we can do or believing that God can do what he says he'll do, from time to time, we struggle with that belief, don't we? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we do. It's called doubt. And we're continuing where we left off yesterday with a message called Dealing with Doubt. We would invite you to join us, especially if you struggle with doubt from time to time. We have some encouragement for you from God's Word, Matthew 14, specifically, verses 22 through 33. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore. Join us now. Here's Napoleon with today's program. We do that. God, I want you to move. And then God says, okay, I'm going to move, but I'm going to move like this. We said, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, let God do it. He's creating a... Let Him define how He's going to do it. And it's our job to receive. It's our job to receive. Balaam is walking, riding on a donkey, and the, the God causes the donkey to turn around and talk to him. But at least he was smart enough to listen to the donkey when he was talking to him. That's God talking to me. Sometimes God will talk to you to your kids. He'll talk to you through people that you, don't, you wouldn't think they, you, he would talk to you. And that's fine. But are we willing to receive? I'm a believer, but I'm also a receiver. And in believing and receiving, I, I cast out the doubt that God can use me. That God can use me. God, I want you to use me to reach people. And we have this picture of us preaching on stage like T.D. Jakes in front of thousands thousands. God, use me to reach people. God said, I'm going to use you. Yeah, praise the Lord. I believe God. God said, okay, go and talk to that person in the grocery store line. We've been watching too much Christian TV. Can I have an amen? Get yourself right. So that's point number two. Point number three, let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 16. On down to 20. This is good. What God can do through me, we see this. Can God use me? Matthew 28, verse 16 on down to 20. It says, When the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some what? Doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has has been given to me in heaven and in, on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, Amen. 
And this is point number three, and this is good because what happens here, when you look at the word doubted in this particular passage of Scripture, the context here, as I study this, is they weren't doubting necessarily who Jesus was. They were doubting what their assignment was. They were doubting. They worshiped him, but then some doubted concerning where do we go from here? What do we do now? What is the next? What, what now? What are we going to do? We're worshiping you. They said they all worship, but then some doubted. Okay, what's, what's the uncertainty now? What, what are we going to do? And they're standing before this crossroad asking themselves, what's next? And they're, they're, they're wavering in their minds concerning, okay. And for us, sometimes it's the same thing when it comes to our assignment. What to do concerning our assignment. And sometimes in our lives, it's not that we know God will use us, but what do I do next? What do I do next? My assignment, what is next? And Jesus tells them, and I like it in verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore. So now what does he do? He puts them back on assignment. Assignment doesn't change necessary. He's now, he's giving them the, what we call the great commission, a fresh commission. He's, they saw him do this. Now they're going to do this. They're going to go out and continue on with his ministry. And I think it's the same thing with us. We're walking with Christ. We love Christ. And maybe one season is ending. Maybe another one is beginning. Maybe we're just getting started. Maybe there's some turbulence. And we have questions and doubts concerning, what do I do next? You know, some of us, it's age. You know, I'm getting older, Pastor. I'm not a spring chicken. You know, I've traveled those seven seas. I've been all over. I've done this and that. But now I'm running out of gas. What, what do I know? And you see people as they're running out of gas and they're, and they're trying to find, what do I do next? You see this happen with parents when kids get up and they leave the house. And, and you see for a period of time, the kid done left. And they're still trying to, they're still trying to treat them like little shookapoo. They grown now. They going. They about to go start their own family. And then we. And then what happens as parents is we start wondering. Okay, what 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 am I going to do with my life? For eighteen years, I've been chasing after you. Soccer game, basketball game, making sure you're doing your homework and, and making sure your dirty laundry is clean and, and making sure your room is clean and smacking you upside the head when I need to. And I'm doing. And now you gone. <laughs> she said yes. She got delivered. <laughs> She got delivered. Amen. That baby gone. Praise the Lord. I got the house to myself. No more laundry. But some people, some people, saints, some people, it, it's a change. It's, 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 what do I do? And so, and what happens is sometimes people like this, they become, they get, they start becoming busybodies. They down at the college campus spying. Why? Because they haven't realized that, hey, God has, in midst of transition, sometimes there's doubts that go on. What about me now? What about my life? These people are here. Jesus, we're here. But what do we do next? Jesus, he brings them back into assignment and alignment. And he just reminds them, go, you therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel. 
And he's, what is he doing? He's getting them back on task. He says, I'm, he tells them, I'm going to be with you. He says, Lo, I am with you always. I'm still here, but, but now you guys are going to be running with the ball more than you ran before. You saw me doing it. Now you do. And I think there's moments in our, time, in our lives when we start to get into this position of doubt, we've always, we always have to go back to God's original word for us. And this is important. I just wrote this down. We, the key is to stick to mission until God specifically and clearly changes your assignment. If you don't know what to do, do what you've done until God changes your assignment, clearly changes your assignment. And this is what he did for them. Doubt creeps in when we start, when we go through moments of transition, we just assume that now the mission has changed. But that mission may not have changed. Your location may have changed. Your stake of circumstances may have changed, but the mission hasn't changed. And we have to make sure that we get back to Stick to the plan. Stick to assignment. Stick to what got you there. If Jesus hasn't clearly communicated, you may feel like you're in a holding pattern. But just because you're in a holding pattern does not mean that you stop working for God. Because the, word, the last word he gave you, it still, it still has value and it's still active in your life. Sometimes people are going through transition and they want to just stop everything. No. That's not always the case. It may mean keep doing what you're doing. Your situation may change. Location may change. How you're doing things may change. And God will clearly communicate that. But, but you don't just stop. People just stop. This is what happened. The kids leave and then the parent just sits there in the house. What you doing? Nothing. They just go. It's almost like people get comatose. Saints, we got to learn that just because something changes does not mean that your assignment may change. And we start doubting, wondering, well, I don't know. And then the next thing you know, people start hopping around. When God's trying to get you to do something, he doesn't hop you around to try to find. He, God loves to talk to us, amen. He loves to lead us beside the still waters, not have us hopping around trying to figure everything out. And we try everything and then, ah! When God is shutting a door, he's opening a door. He doesn't have you chilling in the hallway somewhere. Can I preach this? Somebody say, preach, pastor. This is what we need. This is how we're going to deal with doubt concerning your assignment. Stop. And if God hasn't specifically spoke to you, stick to mission until he clearly makes it plain. Amen? Luke chapter 24, I want to end with this, and this is really good. I, 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 this is the one I really, really wanted to get to. Luke 24, verse 36. Verse 36 on down to 43. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Jesus has been risen from the dead. He's, he's got out of the grave, and this, this conversation is going on. In the midst of this, it says, and he said to them, peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your what? Hearts. He says, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. He says, handle me and see. Just underline that. 
He says, handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I, I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But, when they, but while they did, still did not believe for joy and, excuse me, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate, the Bible says, in their presence. I like this. You know, and this ultimately is what happens is these individuals on the road to Emmaus and they're walking with Jesus and he opens their eyes. You know, but I think sometimes this is what happens to, in our lives. We asked ourselves this question. When it comes to Jesus, who is he? Is he really, and this is what people, especially when they're just seeking to know God, is he really real? Is he a real? Is, who is he? Is he a real? And God, when it comes to Christ, he reveals Christ in our lives progressively. No one in this room knows all there is to know about Jesus. We're all still learning about Jesus. We're getting to know him. We're becoming acquainted with him. But for some individuals, as they're going along this process, there is a doubting concerning who he is. Now, the devil will try to, you know, uh, release doubt into our lives. Life circumstances can, like we cited earlier, can release doubt. People on our job can release doubt. Professors in school try to release doubt. But there has to be a place in our lives where we begin to know without a shadow of a doubt who Jesus is. We may not know everything about him, but the fundamental truths that we have to have to release our faith in who he is, we know exactly who he is in that regard. And so when it comes to our lives, there's going to be moments and there's moments when the enemy tries to release doubt concerning Jesus's identity, who he is. Like I said, through false religions, through watching the television, through, you know, adverse conditions and circumstances. But the thing that we have to learn to do is realize who he is in our lives. He's real. So he stops these individuals as they're going forth and they're terrified, they're afraid. And in verse 38, it says, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts concerning who he is? And this is what happens sometimes with people, trouble. People get troubled in their spirits and doubts start to arise within people's hearts concerning who Christ is. And the key to overcoming this, and I love this. The key to overcoming this and really sticking with who he is, is found in verse 39. He says, behold my hands and my feet. When it comes to doubting who Christ is in your life, always go back to the cross. Always go back to the finished work of the cross. Always look to what he's done for you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. This tells us a lot about who he is. Always go back to the cross. Always go to his hands. Always go to his feet. Don't just look at his miracles. Don't just look at him feeding the five thousands. What's going to sustain you when you have doubts concerning Christ is doing an exegetical study on, on the cross and who Jesus is and really getting in and knowing this is what he did for me. This is who he is. Go back to the cross. 
A lot of times we want to we want to believe God just because we've heard some miracles. But a good church is a church that magnifies the power of Jesus Christ as revealed through the church through the cross of Christ. What He did on that cross should constantly be a reminder and a settler in our spirits concerning His identity and who He is in our lives. The cross tells me a lot about Him. It tells me about His love. It tells me about His commitment. It tells me about His faithfulness. It tells me about his desire to honor his father. It tells me a lot about his patience with humanity. It tells me a, a lot about his fearlessness. It tells me so many, I could go on and on for days about what the cross signifies, what it means, what he did. And so he tells him, he says, look at my hands, look at my feet. He says, why are you doubting? He says, take a look. And then he doesn't just say, take a look. What he says here is so powerful. He says, behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I. He says, handle me and see. If you're going to get rid of the doubt in your heart concerning Christ, you've got to learn how to handle him. Jesus is not dead. You can touch him. He wants to touch you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to feel him. He wants you to wake up in the morning and know that his presence is there. And what we have to learn to do is allow him, allow him to get close enough to us so that we can handle him. That we can see that it's not just a mental thing. This is also an experiential thing. Jesus wants you to know him. Amen. Can I have an amen? He wants you to touch him. He says, handle me. And when you handle me, that's when you're going to see he says, handle me and see. It's I. I'm living in your heart. I'm changing your mind. I got you off drugs. I took you out of your circumstance. When mother and father forsook you, I was sitting right there. And I wrapped you up. I'm the one that caused the adoption agency to go and get you. I'm the one who put this person in your life handle me know that i'm near you and this is the god that's in our life a lot of times we think about jesus and we're just thinking from a mental standpoint jesus wants to walk with you and talk with you and he wants to sit with you and he wants to commune with you he wants you and i to have a relationship with him but we don't want to handle him we just want him to bless us handle me also means you have to deal with all that pertains to the cross and what he did on the cross. Handle me means, hey, handle me means, hey, you got to deal with those things that are pleasant about me and those things that are going to cut you a little bit too. If you're going to handle me, you got to handle all of me. But sometimes in life, we, we don't want to handle that. A lot of people wanted to handle Jesus and reach for Jesus and touch for Jesus when he was feeding the 5,000. But when Jesus said, you got you to gotta eat my body and drink my blood and you got to die to yourself. A lot of people, they turned away. I don't want to hear that. I can't handle that. I don't want to handle that about Jesus. When Jesus starts saying, handle me. And he's saying, hey, I got to talk to you about your sin. Because I love you. I got to deal with your pride because I love you. I got I to gotta set you free from these demons because I love you. When I got to deal with the people don't want to handle, I don't want to handle that. I don't want to go to that church. Why don't you want to go? Because they talk about sin. They talk about, well, Jesus is talking about that. He's talking about if you, you want to touch me, you got to touch all me. I'm pure. I'm holy. I want you to be holy as I am holy. I want you to be righteous as I am righteous. I want my life to prevail in you. I want you to become more like me. People don't want to handle that. But they're not touching the real Jesus. 
And so Jesus stops him and he says, handle me and see. And I think it's the same thing for all of us in this room. This is what gets the doubt out when we start to really allow ourselves to reach and touch him. Man, this isn't just some religious stuff. Jesus will walk into your room when he when you wake up in the morning, he'll be sitting right there. The power of his spirit sitting right there. When you're in your car, there's no need to fear. Jesus is right here with me. When you've handled him, when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, it starts to dispel doubt. You can't tell me. Nobody could ever convince me that Jesus isn't real. It's too late. I done handled him. It's too late. Can I have an amen in here? It's too late. I don't care what you say. You can say what you want. So he tells them to stop. And I think for us, we, we have to, when we start getting doubts in our minds concerning Christ, start pressing in more to who he is and start praying prayers like this. Lord, I want to feel you. Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want you in every area of my life. Lord, draw me and I'll come running to you. Lord, I don't want to just be used by you. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be touched by you. I want to feel your nearness in my life. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to be involved in every area of my life. Start praying prayers like this. We start praying prayers like, Lord, I need you to bless me. I want a billion dollars. I filled out my, I filled out my, my, my March Madness thing and it didn't work, Lord. You promised me, Lord, I need my blessing. Where my blessing? My blessing, my blessing. God is the blessing in your life. He is the blessing. When we stop and we do this, saints, what does it do? It starts to get the doubt out. Lord, I want to touch you. I want to handle you. And I want to see. Father, today, as we come before you, there's so many other areas of doubt that we could we can examine, but today as we've looked at these four areas, Lord, we're asking you to do something in our church and in our personal lives where through the power of your spirit, all fear and doubt is suspended. That we become people of faith, people of hope, of expectancy. When it, when it comes to what's happening with us, what's, what, when it comes to what's happening through us, when it comes to what's happening with our assignment, when it comes to what's happening concerning who you are in our life. God, we don't want any doubt. And Lord, we just rebuke the devil right now concerning any doubt in our minds. We cast down all forms of doubt, even seeds of doubt that have been germinating in our lives for years around areas. Lord, we just rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. And we ask for the spirit of faith to be released over this church. That there would be such faith that would just well up in the minds and hearts of the believers in this house. Everyone that's watching online, that Lord, there would just be a faith that would overtake them right there in their house. That the spirit of faith would be released. And Lord, that you would cause great faith to overtake us. That the gift of faith will begin to manifest in our lives. That we would start to believe you, God, for things we've never believed you for, be, believed you uh, for before in our lives. That God, you would do something awesome through this church. When it comes to healing and deliverance and salvation, when it comes to people getting breakthroughs in their lives, that Lord, there would be such faith in the atmosphere that all over this room, that Lord, you would just release 
the spirit of faith and that, Lord, as we walk in faith and as we talk in faith, people around us would get in, uh, affected by and be affected by our faith. They would believe God. They would see the move of God. But, Lord, we choose to handle you today. We choose to keep our eyes on the assignment and stick to, to assignment and to the mission. We choose to receive and believe. We believe and we receive. Lord, we choose to keep our eyes on you and not our circumstances. And, Father, I pray for every form of doubt, doubt in marriages, doubt in relationships, doubt when it comes to our children and their futures, that, God, our lives are in your hands, and we rest in that. We're secure in that. We keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Lord, we're not double-minded. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.